So, now we move into rounds of play. The basic overview of a round of, of I'm sorry, did you say street magic? Is as follows. To begin, one player declares the compass, the theme or subject of exploration for this round of gameplay. This helps set the tone of the round. That player wanders the city, adding a new card and that neighbourhood landmark or resident to the table that reflects the compass in some way. Moving clockwise around the table, each player takes a turn wandering the city. Uh, then finally, the player who declares the compass holds an event to close out the round. During an event, each player takes on a voice of the city and offers a perspective on the way the city changes around them. Once the event is finished, the round is over. We rest up, check in, and someone starts a new round. Uh, so for compasses, uh, cities are large, packed with stories stacked atop each other. In order to give each round slightly more focus, one player chooses a compass to keep the story moving in the same thematic direction, at least until the next round. So, does anyone have a strong idea for the first compass? I got one. I've got one. Gobby. Super villains. Oh. Hell yeah. Okay. So, then B, you declare the compass. Our compass is super villains. Oh, someone's already Real done that right in. Thank you. Okay. Realize uh, goddamn super villains. <laughs> yep. So, do you want to explore a neighborhood? Visit a landmark or meet a resident. Um, I need a name for a giant evil robot. What 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 sort of evil is it? Destroying or converting things into robots or like, uh, Greg. It was so. What I'm thinking, uh, we had a, and yeah, you know, collaborative play. So I guess I'm opening up to the table. Um, I am thinking of a big skyscraper-sized robot that is no longer active and has become its own sort of neighborhood. Oh, kind of like a like a mega city, like a big vertical city uh, people okay. live in. Um, so I'm not sure. What do we think? Was this a robot piloted by a villain, or was the robot itself a villain? I'd rather have it be piloted, because otherwise living in something that was once, like, sentient is a bit... True. Fair. Um, I'm going to uh, mecha name generator. Uh, <laughs> okay. Spider Angel. Big Mama. Anarchy Battler. Huntress. Rhino, Cosmic Armor, God Runner, the, Ballistic the, um, Machine. The neighborhood doesn't have to be named after the robot itself either. Well, true. Yeah, but I want it to be. Grand okay. Jaeger. <laughs> Cobra Combatant. Uh, Hazard Engine. Wrath Machine. I'm throwing my name in for Hazard Engine. I like that one. <laughs> but and B has, okay. B has like it too, but I like Hazard Engine. That one's sick. Because then we can have Hazard yeah. Engine 2.0 at some at some point. Yeah. I like Hazard Engine. Yeah. That's the name of the neighborhood. Okay. Hazard Engine. Excellent. So that's what people call it in their day-to-day -day lives. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yes. So what's its general vibe? What does... What sort of things happen in Hazard Engine? 
again, I know this is these things, but I feel like this is where the Fight Club is. <laughs> but that's a, something. I yeah, guess like there's lots of secrets. There's lots of bits that people haven't found. Like, I think that's kind of how people started living in it was like exploring it, mm. um, trying to make sense of it. Um, it's very. It's a complicated machine, kind of too complicated to take apart. Um, let's see. I like the idea. So, like, the idea is that this is a giant robot that was defeated and fell over, right? I love the idea of, like, it's a very vertical neighborhood. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's still standing. Like, it's a very, like, people have just built houses along it instead of, like, going into the eternals of it. If people live here, did they build on Hazard Engine or just carve out spaces within Hazard Engine for themselves? I think they've been, like, taking apart and rebuilding it. Mm, um, okay. So... I'm gonna give it an inventive reputation. Oh. Um. Like yeah, like uh, was it Danny who brought up Fight Clubs? Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like there are Fight Clubs. There's like that um. Scratch. Oh, there's that robot Fight Club in Big Hero Six. There's like stuff like that. There's like this very like underground street super science edge to it. Very gritty. I think it's not like the clean super science, it's gritty super science. Yeah. I like that the underground is stories and stories in the air. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So so it's like a um a fusion of uh gumption and like whatever Jack's Divine was, where there were all the secrets around it. Grit. Yes, um, though I was trying to avoid Friends of the Table's references for Alice's sake. Okay, sorry. And I think Danny's That's too. okay, I, think... I just I... won't get them. I'll get, I'll, I'll get um, the occasional Friends of the Table reference. I, okay. Specifically uh, but yeah, I... Counterweight. That's what I'll get the most. Um, Bad news. Yeah, yeah, these are Twilight Mirage references. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely thinking gumption. Okay, neat. Um, yeah, there's lots of neon. I'm trying to think of a good word for like There's a lot of like secret, undiscovered secrets. Nooks and crannies. Nooks and crannies. That was good. I have a logistical question about it because I think I missed that part of it. Yeah. Oh, totally. Shoot, go ahead. Is it like? Is it like the robot fell onto like a mountain and he's like slumped over it and people just built on it, or is it just a standing monolith? That's where I'm unsure. It's just it's standing. Okay. If it's still standing, would you say that it's standing better than it ever did? Jesus. I don't get it. If it's it got knocked down, would it get up again? Oh, okay. Is it looking like a true survivor? <laughs> does it make you feel like a little kid? It definitely does. It's a giant robot. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a giant robot-ass giant robot. Okay. Hell yeah. So what's its true name? What's uh, its sensory images? Uh, true name... Are some of its systems still working? You can make them work. Okay. Neat. Neat. I think you can make them work is a very good sensory... Like a quote is a sensory mm. thing. Good too. Like, you can make it work. Or is that more of a reputation thing than a sensory thing? 
the smell of diesel is something I got, but you don't have to Ooh, use that. yeah. And 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 sort of mm. engine oil. Grimy, like that green like feeling of this is something I think is an experience that's not shared by others, but like my grandpa when he was around, he used to work on planes in the in like we used to live in a neighborhood that was backed up to like a little airport. And he would make, and he had a little workshop on the back end of the house, and like there would be plane parts and tools and just oil everywhere. And I'm just, I don't know how to express it, but it's taking me back to that, and that makes me smile. Hell yeah. Uh, the smell of machinery. Yeah. Um. Some kind of bar. A dimly lit bar. Mm. Yeah, I'm guessing the robot doesn't have a ton of windows. Stuffy. Not by design, but people have been kind of, for lack of a better word, uh, terraforming the robot. Mm -hmm. It sort of reminds me of um, in Neuromancer, I think. There are places people live that are just like shipping containers stacked up on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And it's that same sort of like bespoke, um, not bespoke, sorry, like sort of making do from things which were not designed for this. Yeah, yeah. But there's a certain sort of liberty there. Mm, mm. A sense of liberty in a cramped room. Mm. A cramped liberty. Yeah, that's good. Also, um, I want to, I, I just want to get this out of the way. Um, get in the robot city. Get in the robot city, baby. How long till one of the girls accidentally gets the robot working and it's starting to walk all over Halcyon now? Find out and play. I give you guys five sessions. It'll be Sersha. It'll definitely be Sersha. <laughs> it doesn't have to be Sersha. It'll definitely be Sersha now. <laughs> maybe it'll be Becky, just to keep keep yeah. the fans guessing. Yeah, maybe, maybe it'll be me who... Uh... Develops an aptitude for giant robot control. Didn't Becky straight up say I don't like giant robots? <laughs> yeah. It's a love-hate relationship. You know who else hates giant robots? Shinji Ikari. You know what Shinji Ikari does? Pilots giant robots. It's true. And is also a trans girl. I rest my case. Yeah, fair, fair, very fair. But let's not talk about any of the other things Shinji Ikari does. <laughs> yes, please let's not. I'll say one thing. Chicks dig giant robots. Mmm. Well, this causes worry for Becky, then. <laughs> Giant robot digging dysphoria. Sometimes you have to <laughs> wrestle through your dysphoria by piloting a giant robot. Anyway, we're yeah, okay. getting off topic. Yeah. So, B, are you done with your neighborhood, would you say? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, in which case, um, we go clockwise, or rather we go down the list to Danny to do similar. Explore a neighborhood, visit a landmark, or meet a resident. It's me. Um. Hmm. Super villains. I'm thinking. You think I'd have like a million answers, but man. Well, we don't have any residents yet. It's less that I don't have any food on my plate. It's just that I'm standing at the buffet. Hmm. I'm okay. like, hmm. Part of the thing with residents is those have to be tied to location. Good point. Yeah. That, that's yeah. They have to be tied to a landmark, and there's only one landmark right now. All right. Let's go. Um, it has to be tied to... I'm going to set a landmark at the hazard engine. At one point, 
it was the cockpit where whoever made this behemoth of a machine used to pilot with like a whole ass crew but it's where the the neighborhood council meets up okay neat uh it's it's simply called the cockpit they haven't changed the. i feel like it's the bridge the bridge is where it is what it would be mm. in a ship because this used to be piloted by a crew okay. so we're gonna call it the bridge it's sort of like town hall you important meetings are hosted there mm. and it's just kind of a, in general a historic place i was just struck by inspiration um because of something you said danny um, about how, you know, you, you said, like, whoever uh, made this thing, nobody knows who made it. Ooh. It was staffed by a crew, but nobody really knew who was in charge, and I think that's part of, like, why they stopped attacking the city. I feel like there was a person at some point, but it was a Theseus ship scenario where that person left, a new person came in on all the original mm-hmm. old guard, and people just wondered if it's the same ship anymore and then some superhero stopped it. Or, like, somebody was pulling the strings uh, silently in the background. Uh, draw maps leave blank spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, yeah, like, the bridge. Um, an address. It's on the head. Cockpits for giant machines are in the head. I know it's inefficient for machine building, but I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. And the head is cool because they can overlook everything. And I think its true name is that it's... What makes it irreplaceable is that it's just, it's breathtaking. It's historic. Mm. You get to, there's no other place in the city that you can get this clear of a view of everything. Being up there is, it's historic and the biggest, and it's mysterious because if you wanted to get this thing up and running again, this is the place you would do it. Mm. Possibly. So, but they have council meetings here, right? So does it give you like a, uh... Does it sort of give you a sense of, like, responsibility or of, like, power? Is is it more like, from here I can see everything that I need to, like, make good decisions? Or is it, like, from up here I can feel distant from them and make decisions about them without feeling like they'd affect me, you know? I want to say it's responsibility. Okay. Because this thing was used to be used to do, pardon my French here, fuck up the city. Hmm. Okay, so, mm-hmm. so it's like it reminds them of how the city could suffer if they made if they did bad things. Correct. And again, mm-hmm. I think that leads into like the overall podcast theme of rebirth and second chances. Yeah, that's neat. And I think this would be a cool site to send the girls to, especially because like this is an example of something that was once terrible but now being used for good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I. I think this kind of gestures to what I was thinking with the um, uncommanded crew is that's part of why the crew like disbanded, realizing there was nobody really in charge. Yeah. They all just felt like part of this machine. This was a job. This was something they had to do, mm. but came to realize, oh, no, we're just piloting this horrible machine. We can stop. Mm. And now it's a neighborhood. It needs something specific about it. What makes it irreplaceable? Uh, a sense of responsibility, I think, is good. A sense of responsibility, I think, is that was is going to be it. And also the best views of the city. Mm-hmm. The best views of the city. I think you're right. An awesome view in the traditional sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think so. I think that's the ticket. This topic was supervillain. We ended up just kind of making it the giant robot. Yeah, I think it's all been supervillain tainted. Oh yeah, that's true. 
But still, I just think in general, I think there's a lot of stuff we could do talking about supervillains. I think this would be mm-hmm. fun to do at the start of the game and at the end when we're like, this is one of the last rounds too. Once we have mm. like more nooks and crannies. Like once we know the city, that's when we can make the real big bad threats to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, the last round is uh, free and open. You can sort of do, there's no comp- compass for the last round, which is Ooh. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So um, that's my bit. So Alice. Uh, What's up? Neighbor, neighborhood, location, or person? Hmm. I want to make a people. Okay. Let's make a people. Um, Alright, so this is the first time we're meeting a resident. So yes. a landmark can contain multiple residents. Uh, like land, land, neighbourhoods and landmarks, each resident needs a title, a common name known to all. Let a resident's title inform their personality and vice versa. Write their title on the card and their pronouns next to it. Uh, you describe the resident to the table. Um, if they have a noteworthy profession or other important qualities, feel free to write that down, but don't spend too much time writing. Just use a few words. Um, also, they have a, a true name, but that is established through a vignette, a short scene. Mm-hmm. So first, tell us who we're going to meet. So our resident's name is Pops. Oh, good. He, they pronouns. I think they're... How do people feel about insectoid aliens that are neither spiders nor ants? Big fan. Yeah. yeah. Love them. Danny? Keep it to moths and butterflies, if possible. Okay. Mm. Moths and butterflies. Those are the bugs I'm like, yeah, I'm, I can jive with that. But anything beyond that, ooh. <laughs> How do you can feel I about... Can I make Um... Like mantis arms, are those bad? Oh, man- oh mantises are fine. Common writer. I was okay. literally just about to request a space at space ghost ass mantis. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think Pops was a villain who's retired and kind of is now the key chef at the Galaxy Strip, and they're like, uh, I mean, I like them having. Like moth wings, maybe that are kind of battered after years of fighting superheroes. And I think they have a pair of mantis arms and then a pair of arms with more hand like appendages. Mm. And everyone calls them pops because they have non human like mouths, so pronouncing their actual alien name is very difficult. Which is a trope, but I no, think it's... And they just really like noodles, apparently. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So are they the chef at the place, or...? Yeah, they're, like, the primary line cook. So, what we do to flesh out Pops is we play through a vignette. So... A quick snapshot, a brief glimpse into their daily life. You, Alice, will embody Pops. Uh, the rest oh, of no. us will play uh, the weather, the music, local flora and fauna, sight, smells, taste, passage of time, other characters in the scene, that sort of thing. So uh, you can make broad scene requests of us, like could someone play one of my regular customers, or you can play anyone except for family, or I want this to be a solitary scene. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, give us a sense of where we are, and 
then describe the resident's interior thoughts and actions. Cool. So I want to say Pops is probably more towards the nocturnal side. Okay. So they don't show up at the Galaxy Strip until maybe like 3 o'clock, which is getting up really early for them. Hmm. But you have to get up early if you run a restaurant. Hmm. And that restaurant's got to be open before all those kids get out of school. Because it's the primary teen hang <laughs> Yep. Makes sense. Um, yeah, and then they work just late into the night. Because what good is a diner that closes before 2 a.m.? Mm, okay. So, talk us through um, what um, Pops is currently doing and, and or thinking. Oh, I was not prepared for this. I think. Slash, what, what, what sort of scene do you want to yeah. set up? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> and for what it's worth, you can, like, just dictate a vignette for the mm -hmm. resident if you want. It doesn't need to be a played through scene. Yeah, I don't think I'm up to playing through a scene right now. Mm, that's cool. Um... I think we see them, like, in between the big after-school rush and before the late dinner rush. So they're cleaning up and prepping some more food. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, is this, like... How do they do that? Is it like industrious or are they like having fun with it? Is there like, me do they put music on or all that sort of thing? Yeah, I want to say the like wait staff has the music on while they're helping like the few customers who are there and bussing the tables that the kids leave a mess on because kids gonna kids and pops is he's kind of grooving to it back in the kitchen going through what all the vegetables and foods that they have figuring out what specials to put on the menu for the night you know mm, okay it's kind of like a, if you've ever I mean if you've ever had a job that has waves when mm -hmm. it's super busy and then when it's not you kind of savor when it's not as busy okay so cool um what do they do so as if you say like there's a moment where they are like where they've completed all the work tickets that they have needing to be done at the moment and there aren't any mm -hmm. new customers to cook for what do they do with their mm -hmm. time Yeah, it's like the eye of the storm. Yeah. What goes through their head. Hmm. 
I, while you're th- oh go ahead i was gonna say while you're thinking um i've got a suggestion for why they're called pops sure they're a soda junkie oh soda uh, junkie cool. very good they, just they lo- keep the galaxy strip uh stocked with just a wide array of sodas mocha cola <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, neat, oh. neat, neat. See, I was thinking it was might have been because the noise their limbs make as they move them around, but that might be a bit too gross. <laughs> or it might just be that their form of speech has a lot of pops in it. Yeah, that also works. That occurred yeah. to me, but like that seems kind of objectifying. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought about it. All right, so um, I think. Plus the Back in the kitchen, fun. there's a shelf with a variety of Rubik's Cube type puzzles. Hmm. And some of them are solved and some are unsolved. And they're the kind of thing that when he has a moment, he can pick one up and fiddle with it for a little bit. And it's still ready to be put down and he needs to get back to work. Hmm. But I think it's something that he finds enjoyment in. Can I suggest a visual gag? Sure. There's all kinds of, like, these little hand puzzles, very ornate from, like, different corners of the galaxy. Um, Oh, and, like, you know, some of them are solved, some of them he's (laughs) obviously familiar with. um, But there's, like, a Rubik's Cube that he has just never been able to figure out. I love that. I also (laughs) have a vignette I'd like to propose. Um, But Mm. I might do it when it comes to me. Sure. I just would love to know, like, what is the zoom in on? What is the shot of like the first time he decided to stop being a villain? What because you mentioned mm. earlier it's detail of battered wings from fighting superheroes. When did they give yeah. that up? Why was it like a big like superhero team up and they're like after that? Nah, I think I'm just gonna go open a restaurant or whatever. What did that? What what does the newspaper clipping look like? I'm curious if you had anything in mind. If not. I'll, we, I can make that happen when it comes to you. I think what it was was like over Halcyon City generally has like the generations mm. and as the generations go on the power level has risen and it just got to the point where Pops realized he wasn't able to compete with the modern heroes. His abilities were I have wings and mantis arms and these kids have laser eyes. So he's like, oh, I got to look into a different line of work because this isn't doing it for me. I'm too old for this. Aww. That's fair. Life's hard for an old style supervillain. It is. I'm more of a villain with good PR. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's cool. So I think we've got Pops. Um, yeah. Do, do you have, do you think you've got enough for a true name there? Oh, um, I think it's there. I just can't think of what words to use for it. That's all right. We can sort of, we know, you know? Mm -hmm. So, my turn. And so I've got to make a neighborhood or a location or a resident that aligns with supervillains. Um, 
Or I could create a new neighborhood if I wanted to. Yeah, I'm not feeling any particular landmarks at the moment. Well, actually, no, no, wait, wait, wait. I am, I am. Um, okay. I'm feeling a um, a memorial in Boswell Park. Oh. Okay. okay. So I'm going to go with the memorial for now because I have not got any hmm. need to think okay so that's what people would call it it is I mean so it's in Boswell Park so it doesn't really have like a specific address because it's in a park but I think as terms of a description I would say it's in the plaza next to the bands near the bandstand do you have bandstands in your park? Sometimes. Okay, cool, cool. Usually they're just erected for events that require them and not mm. static things, but yeah, static bandstand sounds cool. Okay. Sometimes there are. Sometimes. Yes. And... Some parks have amphitheaters. Mm. And they're very fancy. Oh, a gazebo. Jeez. A gazebo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess a bandstand is a type of gazebo. Especially if it's covered. Anyway, um, all right. So I think, in terms of true name, like it's uh, dozens of statues. Who died? Uh, it's a dark question, but well, we're figuring that out. Yeah. I would say that this is a memorial. F this is one of those like big event sort of battles, you know, where like. Mm -hmm. There were dozens of heroes and like one um, big overlordy supervillain, and then all their minions. And there was like everyone formed a line and then charged at each other, shouting as people flew overhead. And there were lasers, etc. And then there were you know bodies afterwards, and it was very sad. Um, but the statues are abstract, I think. It was a very sort of, um, I don't know, sort of modernisty, brutalisty sort of feeling when they were putting this up. There's a sort of a um, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier sort of feeling going on here. You know, like they're not sure how many heroes lost their lives here because, you know, there were people in masks. There were people who were like time traveling in and maybe time traveling out or maybe they died. There was all sorts mm -hmm. of dimensional shenanigans. They don't know how many died, and they don't know the identities of everyone who did. So it's more an abstract representation of heroes laying, their, laying down their lives. So dozens of abstract marble, marble statues. Um, plaques with poetry. Um, and I'm going to also put in um, a good place to shelter from the rain. I love the idea that there's one statue there's a hero holding out their cape to cover children from rain and sometimes there's somebody there being shielded from the rain in the same way. Yeah, yeah. Or like um, there's one abstract statue like holding up a piece of masonry and that means that it's actually got quite a good mm -hmm. sort of footprint to sort of sit. And so like people go, people don't often read the plaques because people never read the plaques but people sometimes go there to like as a bit of respite 
I mean, like, mm. sheltering from the elements is not, like, nearly as bad as, like, sheltering from supervillains, but it's still sort of doing the thing. Yeah. There we go. We have each done a thing. So, B, you hold an event. Uh, so, the event should be related in some, some capacity to the compass that you set at the beginning of the round. It will change or alter the city in some way, this event. Uh, you describe it in a sentence or two, then choose a card on the table that most closely corresponds to it. Something has changed within the community. What is it? Um... How long ago was the event that the memorial is for? Uh, so it's older than the park, I would say. So... 15, 20 years? Okay. Um... Is it reasonable, uh, just in the spirit of co collaboration, to say that Pops was there? Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if he needs a reason to... Or, sorry, they need a reason to decide, like... It's, it's he and they. Oh, sorry. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, I think they'd be fun if that was, like... This is beyond me. <laughs> this is, like, whatever this event was, that's where they decided, this is beyond me, I'm opening a noodle house. <laughs> that could have been it, yeah. Who was Pops's hero rival? Mm. Who was the space ghost to their Zorak? Oh, maybe it was like um, an Adam Strange type or something. Just like a sort of um, real ray guns and jetpacks sort of guy. Or lady yeah. or whatever. Yeah, okay. So, like yeah. ray guns and jetpacks, like that's the energy we need. Um, yeah, let's go with a lady, some like some kind of space butch. Atom lass. Hell yeah. No, atom lass doesn't really fit for a butch. Um... <laughs> Atomic something. I think you got something in at in atom in atom or atomic. Mm. Um, I, I I I like the Adam Strange vibe or whatever it is you said. Yeah. I... Um, where it's it's a name that sounds like a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Paula something. Paula something? Or like... Or I'm trying to think. Zeke? Something like that. Something like that sounds like a name of, a, of someone who's going to go through space. Zelda. Name. It's a good name, but I want to use that. I want to put that name in my pocket. Neutron Annie. Neutron. Oh, that's Annie. good. Okay, so uh, his rival was Neutron Annie, a very yeah, like lasers and ray guns type, and she was presumed dead. And one of these statues, like the statues, are all very abstract, but like the the people who made them know who they're about. And so, like, Pops knows which of these statues is really for Annie. And so he's there, you know, paying his respects. Because uh, he's at a very different place in his life. And, uh, you know, he places some flowers at the memorial. Yeah, he, uh, he's in thought. He gets up. Uh, he turns to go. And out the corner of his eye, for a split second, he could swear he sees Neutron Annie. Ooh. That's a concept. And she doesn't look like she is aged a day. <sighs> oh, that's scary. 
and that scene. Okay, so that's the event. Um, mm. Ghost in the Park. Yeah, how would you describe the event? Maybe. Oh, we need a card. Uh, da, da. Yeah, I am putting. I'm putting that under pops. Okay, mm -hmm. cool, cool. Um, actually, no. I think it does make more. I think there's more potential if it's under the memorial. Okay. Yeah, I think not, I think pops could be like the like inciting character to have the girls go and go to the park to to explore this more. But like, I think the event should be tied to the memorial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is this like a sort of a fleeting thing, or is that a? Are these people back, or like? Do you want to leave that up to us? Um. Actually, yeah, this is exactly the sort of thing that's good for the uh, next step. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was leaving this very open. Okay. Um. This was like if this was a a scene in a show, this is where the episode ends. Yeah. All right. Um. And yeah, that I I, I was uh, setting that up to segue into voices of the sneak. Okay. So uh, we start. We go clockwise, so down to Danny. Uh, so each person does one of three things. Ask a rhetorical question about the origin, implications, or repercussions of the event. State an opinion, one or two sentences, about the event. Or show a consequence. So I do... Sorry, which one of those? You get to pick one of those. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to state an opinion in that I don't think... I don't think Pops is the only one who's experienced this, but I don't think anybody's ever talked about it. Okay. Like, people have experienced it, but, like, it just, they don't, like, talk about it. They're just like, nope, oh, keeping this to myself, this is fucking weird. So the opinion is sort of like, okay. this isn't the thing you talk about. Yeah, no. The people who actually experienced it don't talk about it. Because you could tell when someone's telling a fake story, like, Ooh, I saw Miss Madame Shadow, and she told me the day I would meet my husband. Ooh, you can tell. You know what I mean? Hmm. All right. Which is, I guess is also showing consequences. Weird. <laughs> anyway. Well, I think that's just yeah. That that works as an opinion. Uh, if someone's talking about seeing an echo, they're lying. All right. Alice, do you want to ask a question, mm -hmm. state an opinion, or show a consequence? I think there's a consequence. I think there's, like, a booming online community now who are just, like, showing somewhat blurry or obscured photos and being like, is this so-and-so who also disappeared then? And, like, it's got people up like actively searching for people who have been missing for a long time. Mm. You want? Do you want to write that onto the event page? Sure. All right. So I need to ask a question, state an opinion, or show a consequence. So. Are these echoes... So I, I'm going to ask a question, which is, uh, are these echoes conscious? Or are are, these sort of, are they sort of, like, trapped in some sort of phantom zone and only sort of manifesting for, like, a few seconds every year? Or are they just sort of images 
that are trapped in time and only just sort of visible every so often? That's my question. It's rhetorical. Hmm. No, that's a good question. I, I look forward to exploring that, is all I will say. Yep. All right. I have I have some ideas about that, but I'm going to keep them to myself. Yep. All right. So, B, uh, you can uh, alter any element on the spread that you think has been changed by the um, event. You can rewrite a landmark's address, you can rewrite a neighbourhood's reputation, you can move a resident between landmarks, you can alter a card's true name or title, all this sort of thing. Okay. Oh, I do get to do a voice of the city. Oh yeah, sorry, yes you do. It can be more than one thing too. Oh yeah, actually this, yeah. This uh, changing of landmarks and things is something you can do throughout the uh, event phase as many times as you like. Okay, okay. Um, uh, I'm going to add on to Boswell Park's reputation um, and call it Haunted. Ooh, neat. Ooh. And I'm thinking how I want to frame this consequence. Okay, so Pops is home in a, his apartment. Framing shot. There's a shot glass on the counter. Um He's back home. He's had a little bit to drink. Um, there is, you know, he's got like a very just nothing fancy. He's not a tech whiz, but he does have like a computer. Um, and there's like a, a browser open um, with like an old image of Neutron Annie and the other heroes she hung with. Because, you know, no one heroes alone, mm. effectively. And, you know, we can define those later. Mm. Um, and he goes to his closet and he opens it up and pulls out his old ray gun. And for Tone, um, this is... He wants to find and help Annie. I have a question. Shoot. Is it Pops' old ray gun or is it Annie's old ray gun? Shit. <laughs> Draw, draw maps, leave blanks. No, I, I actually love that. I think that's what um, sets the tone. Because I was, I was worried if I was making this look sinister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, he opens up the closet and, like, they're, uh, like, standing up, like, vertically hanging on the wall is his old rifle. But he doesn't grab that. He bends over and when he stands back up, he's holding her, like, laser pistol. So is that your consequence? Yeah, uh, Pops is getting in the hero business. Excellent. So, finally, you need to uh, write a second perspective for this event. Uh, a new point of view. I, I'm not quite sure I fully understand this. Um, it's just another view on the event, maybe, that complicates it or makes it more interesting. Mm. Okay. Ah, so actually, like, interestingly, uh, if you're playing this uh, in person, you wouldn't be writing down the questions or opinions or consequences. So maybe this would be how that is, ends up getting reflected on the table. Okay. Um, just because we we haven't defined a lot of characters at play here, so I'm gonna leave this a little ambiguous. Um, 
But the second perspective I'm going to add... It's not only heroes who are showing that karma. This session of Unlabeled AP was played using I'm Sorry, Did You Say Street Magic? by Caro Assertion. You can find this game online at cxcursion.itch.io Or follow them on Twitter at cxcursion. That's S-E-A-E-X-C-U-R-S-I-O-N. Or follow the link in the show notes. We also drew on setting details from Masks, A New Generation by Brendan Conway, and the Phoenix Academy playset from Masks Unbound by Rob Wyland, both published by Magpie Games. Our cast today was Mina McJanda, you can follow me on Twitter at Mina Honeybat, B McJanda, who you can follow on Twitter at Space Doobie, Alice Kira, who you can follow on Twitter at Magical Girl Kira, and Danny, who you can follow on Twitter, at Batty Danny. You can follow the show itself, at Unlabeled AP. All music and editing by Mina McJanda. Thanks for listening. <laughs>